This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Put us in, coach. We're ready to play. And <laughs> my name's John A. Tate, and this is the sporting record here on 855 3CR, 21 Fitzroy, uh, Smith Street, Fitzroy. And uh, how's it going, James? It's going well. This is James Tate here, having a great time. It's just past 4 o'clock here at 3CR. It's time for the sporting record. We've got one big topic today, really, to talk about. Well, everyone's talking about it. They're all talking about the Johnny Bairstow dismissal issue, spirit of the game controversy. Yes, so we're going to be talking about cricket, but, you know, more the issues surrounding this, uh, what some people are calling cheating, what some people are calling not being in the spirit of the game, yada, yada, yada. Well, we're not going to cover the same old ground as everybody else has been talking because we don't do that on the sporting record. We try to give a different angle. Different angle. So, so we might broaden it out a bit. Yes. So before we get started, the sporting record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program on and on what on on which much of our local sport is played. We also acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to Australia's sporting life. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. So for those of you who, who don't uh, subscribe to mainstream sports media and the broader media, 7.30 on ABC covered this story, which is pretty big for a sports story. Um, so Australia was playing England in a test cricket match in the Big Ashes series, um, which is the traditional rivalry played between England and Australia. It's been going for you know almost 100 years now, just about. And an incident happened where... Uh, Johnny Bairstow, an English cricketer, you know, England were trying to fight for the win and it was an incredible cu- uh, comeback, I guess you'd say, run chase. Well, it was a great game, very tight, very exciting, down to the last last bit. Fantastic game of cricket and it's everything you want out of a test match. Five days of stress and pressure. Things are getting desperate. Things are getting desperate. So Johnny Bairstow uh, ducks a ball that was coming at his head, which is fair game. And, you know, he thinks the over is over. And so he leaves his crease. This is cricket terminology for those of you not uh, tuning in. But we'll get to the juicy bit. Um, Alex Carey, the wicketkeeper for Australia, threw the ball at the stumps as he took it. So one continuous motion. It hit the stumps and Johnny Bairstow was deemed out. So Johnny thought that he was not out because... It was the end of the over, and he was allowed to leave his crease. Grey area, grey area, grey area. Lots of grey area. So from this incident, um, furor, I guess you could call it that, John, wouldn't you? Furor. Oh, yes. People were getting terribly upset. So this is at Lords, which is the home of cricket. 
you know, in London. This is where the the game of cricket is is basically um, ruled from. You know, the the lords, the people at Lords discuss the rules of the game, and they have a committee and all that. So the crowd at Lords, which are generally considered gentlemen, were then uh, booing and, and and abusing and calling the Australian teams cheats. It led to Australian players having confrontations with members of the crowd as they walked off the ground. And in the in the in the days since, Australia won the match in the end, so double the furor. And in the days since, the idea that the action that I just described, done by Australia's wicketkeeper Alex Carey, was not in the spirit of the game. Now here it is, James, in a nutshell. Cricket's a, a strange sport in a sense. Because they write the rules, and the rules are very clear. And in fact, the rules are written by the MCC at Lords. But at the same time, they they say, but there's a couple of rules that we don't really want you to apply. Right? The rules are there, but in the spirit of the game, we don't want you to do it. And this stumping is one sort of a thing. And a similar stumping uh, or run out... Thing is, when the bowler's coming in, uh, they used to call it a man cat, was a, which was unfair to call it that. But when the bowler's coming in and the the batter who's not facing uh, it, it, uh, steals a bit of ground and and backs up a bit too much, and the bowler takes the bails off. Yes, the rule is he's out. Yes, but in the spirit of the game, they say you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit frowned upon. But cricket's unusual like that, isn't it? They write rules and then they say, but we really don't want you to apply those rules. Yes. So the England cricket team and Rich, Rishi Sunak, the uh, the Prime Minister of England, um, they and many other pundits said it was not in the spirit of the game. It was legal, legal according to the laws of cricket, but it's not in the spirit of the game. So we're going to probe this idea of spirit of the game. And to start that, I've got the preamble to the laws of cricket. Oh. Uh, from the MCC themselves, so yeah. the Marylebone Cricket Club, which yeah. is, you know, the custodians of the game, they yep. call themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'll just briefly read it out, because this is where the spirit of the game is stipulated sure. in all of cricket lore, L-O-R-E, that sort of lore. Yeah. So cricket owes much of its appeal and enjoyment to the fact that it should be played not only according to the laws, but also within the spirit of cricket. The major responsibility for ensuring fair play rest with the captains, but also the players, match officials, and so on. So, respect is central to the spirit of cricket. Respect your captain, teammates, opponents, and the authority of the umpires. Play hard and play fair. Accept the umpire's decision. I'll underline that one. (laughs) Accept the umpire's decision. Create a positive atmosphere by your own conduct and encourage others to do so likewise. Show self-discipline even when things go against you. Underline that one. Congratulate the opponent on their successes and enjoy those of your own team. Thank the officials and your opposition at the end of the match, whatever the result. Underline that one. Um, And to finish, cricket is an exciting game that encourages leadership, friendship and teamwork, which brings together people from different nationalities, cultures and religions, especially when played within the spirit of cricket. So that's the spirit of cricket. From You could cut and paste that preamble and put it at the front of the rules of any sport. Yes, the spirit of sport, which we can probe. So, Em, what do you you think of the furor over the spirit of the cricket game 
that occurred at the Ashes? Well, luckily enough, I have a couple of opinions on this. Uh Uh-oh. I'd love to share. Um, Yeah, so I think um, it's been an interesting – like, it's been interesting hearing everyone's takes on this. I think, to keep it short and sweet, I think England are just being a little – Whiny, to be honest. Very childish. I mean, a bit of a sook. Yeah, I think um, in terms of like, regardless of all the rules and spirit of the game, Johnny Bairstow tried to throw down Marnish Lavastain's stumps literally in the same match. Yeah. In the sa- and I 100%, if Marnus had gotten out that way, there's no way that they would have, you know, like the way, um, the way that Ben Stokes was like, I would have like recalled the appeal or whatever. There's yeah. no way. And they also got um, De Grandhomme from New Zealand out that way, like last year or right. at some point. So I just think a lot of it. And the the other thing is, is it within the spirit of cricket to win the um, ICC World Cup in the way that England did against New Zealand a couple of years ago, where it was the New Zealanders were threw the ball in, it bounced off an English bat um, and went for four runs which meant England won the game. Like, yeah. is that within the spirit of cricket? I th- yeah. I'd say if it was the other way around, England would have whined about that in the same way. So, mm. But they happily accepted that win. Um, I think a, they just need to find more creative ways to beat us. There's, <laughs> there's an element of hypocrisy, it seems. I think, I think so. And I right. think all of this, like, within the spirit of cricket, I think it is being played within that spirit. And the other thing is, if you see the replay as well, um, Kerry is literally like in one motion, collects the ball and throws it back. And Bairstow hasn't even left his crease yet. It's like, yeah. he's just having a, in no way is the ball not live. So I think both from a technical, like rules point of view, from a kind of like Johnny Bairstow has done it earlier in the match and a hundred percent would have gone for that appeal. Mm. Um, and just in the spirit of the game, I don't think it's outside the spirit of the game. Yeah. I don't think that's the issue either. I think they're just having a trouble. They're just having trouble losing and Basball not doing it for them. Bit of a sore loser kind of response. Yeah, I mm. think so. That's that's my thoughts. How, well, okay, stick with cricket for a minute. So um, how do you see walking? There's a, there's a tradition in the game that if you snick a ball and you know you've snicked it and it's being caught, you walk. You, you don't wait for the umpire to make the decision. You say, yeah, I'm gone, and you walk. Yeah, well... That's a good question. Now, there's no rule that says you have to walk. Yeah. You can stand there and wait for the umpire to make his decision. Yeah. But in the spirit of the game, let's make things easy for the umpire. I'm out. Well, this is the other thing. Like, if England are going to go really hard on the spirit of the game thing, then they should probably think about whether Stuart Broad wants to redact his comments about when he nicked it and didn't walk. <laughs> And yes, at a previous Ashes series. Yeah, and he said, no, I, I fully nicked it and I knew I did, but I'm not going to walk, like mm. stand my ground. And so I think in that case it's admirable when people do that. I actually wouldn't, I think, because at the end of the day, like I see it and I know that that's like a nice thing to do and to acknowledge like the bowl mm. or whatever. But at the same time, especially in professional spaces, like the aim is – what is the greater good is for the great of your team, greater mm. good of your team. And if the greater good of your team is having you remain out there and the umpire has called not out and for whatever reason you stay there, I don't think that it's like that's just how – like just sometimes there's poor umpiring and you get that in any sport. Yeah. 
but I don't think it's worth... Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Look, we titled this uh, episode of The Sporting Record, um, Sporting Epi- Etiquette versus Winning. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, the, I mean, to have an example of, of what this is like in just regular life, the equivalent of, let's say, uh, walking, uh, not walking when you're given out would be like going to the supermarket, you buy some things, they give you the wrong amount of change, right? They give you a 20 instead of a 5 or something like that. Then you have the decision to go, it's the right thing to do to give this back. So do you give it back or do you take it and run? That's kind of the equivalent. You know, you're getting ahead by going, oh, sweet, i got 15 extra dollars. How good's this? And maybe it depends, is the sporting uh, comparison, how desperate you are. Yes, if the game's close and you're desperate to win, mm. that may swing you one way. Yeah. If you're mm. desperate for that extra $15 because you can't feed your kids, right. maybe you fall that way. And if it's Coles or Woolworths who are um, destroying <laughs> uh, many communities, oh, yeah. make the lives of farmers, you know, but I'll take that take, $15. Take it and run. If it's my local IGA who's a family-run business, I'll give that back. You know, so it's that kind of discussion. Yeah. So, sporting etiquette, John. Yes. What's that about? Yeah, well, uh, every sport has examples. Like golf. Golf carries on about the etiquette of the game. And it, I looked it up, and, and for golf, there's really three aspects to golf etiquette. Uh, the first one is integrity, rules, penalties, honesty. Playing by the rules, basically. All right? Because it's very easy to cheat in golf, because no one's mm. looking. You know, kick the ball over there and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's the first part. Uh, consideration of others. So you don't walk across the green in front of where the guy's going to putt because it might affect it. Yep. So consideration of others, fair enough. And the other one is taking care of the course. <laughs> so you've got to replace your divots and all that sort of thing. Right. So, but, but there's no grey areas there. You follow the rules. Yeah, don't do those things. And you be polite and nice. Yep. All right? Um. What about in, in football and and soccer, all kinds of football? You know, diving, trying to trick the umpire into giving you a, a free kick. How does that come into sporting etiquette? Mm, that's the a, fans hate it. Yep. Mm. But it doesn't sometimes you can win. Well, I think that's that's a, it's like a negative feedback loop kind of thing. It's like, oh, if I die, like the the refs in soccer particularly like award that to an extent. I know you can get penalised for it, but nine times out of ten, if you just kind of like put a bit of mayo on the way that someone's pushed you, pushed you, especially if you're in the box, there's a good chance you could be rewarded from, for it. So it's almost as if, like, as a player, it's like, well, if there's a possibility, again, if I can get my team in front, then I'm going to do that. And that's yeah. one of those things. Well, it's the same as not walking then. There's exactly. a possibility that the umpire mm. won't give me out, even though I know I am out. So. Mm. It's I think soccer's frustrating. It's interesting. I don't think it happens as much in the women's. I think there's um, people just kind of get on with it a bit more, which is interesting culture, cha- like difference between the two. So it's much more ingrained in the men's that you kind of do that or like you really put on the theatrics. But in the, the women's, they tend to just kind of, all right, well, get up and go after the ball and not rely so much on putting that on the ref to make that decision, which is, I thought, an interesting difference between the two yes i think i've been thinking about this one all week and i wonder 
if trying to honour the spirit of the game, whether that's cricket or soccer or football or whatever you play, in at the professional level, where there's big money, there are sponsors, careers there are advertisers, there's legacy on the line. We hype up legacy. Oh, I didn't win a championship, so I wasn't a great player. You know, there's so much on the line that the idea of winning is more important at these high levels than actually honouring the spirit of why we do this, the cultural element of it, you know, the what it's all about. Mm. It's like swimming upstream. And... Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna bring up the capitalist structures. Yes, I'm gonna yes. bring up the capitalist structures. Excellent. John. Go on. Go on. As as more money, as as more brands, as more marketing, you know, just seeps into every aspect of sport. The the positives of sport that have life lessons for everybody. You know, play fair, respect your opponent. This whole thing of sportship. Some people call it sportsmanship. I think we should just call it sportship. Take the man out of it. But that's basically the golden rule, you know. Do to others as you would have them do to you, right? Would you say that's about right, John? Well, I don't know what you're saying. So you're saying that's what we should be doing or what? Yeah, well, the general idea is that as 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 more money comes in, as more brands come in, it kind of corrupts these essential elements of sport. And in a game like soccer, you know, flopping and diving is a rewarded behavior most of the time. Mm. when it goes against why we play these things in the first place. Oh, well, look, it's an extra factor, I suppose. I'm going to... Oh, go on, go on. Well, I was just going to say, I think I might even go one more again with that. A point on top Ooh. of a point. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Um, and just to say that I think that's also interesting because it t- speaks to the type of, like, I think people... There's a bit of a cognitive dissonance between people thinking that sport is meant to be this like wholesome community activity that brings everyone together. And like, you know, people come and watch it on the weekend and forget about their week at work. Um, When the real, like realistically there's like huge like corporations and money and like huge things at stake in the background. And I think sometimes that's where the cognitive dissonance comes in of people not understanding why sports are so inherently political because it isn't just about, a nice distraction on the weekend and it can't really be that anymore when things, are, especially in professional sport, when there's so much money at stake, like even things in the NBA, for example, I find the etiquette there quite interesting, like watching the NBA finals. Once a game is finished, obviously once the series is over, players will acknowledge the other team, but it was fascinating watching people finish a game they've lost and they just walk straight off the court. Like they don't even acknowledge the other team. But in, in situations like that, if players, they can get bonuses from their contract. So if they become an all-star, or if they get a certain amount of points or whatever, they can get extra money. So it is inherently part of that system that people do forget about, I think, because they're like, no, leave sports alone. It's not political. It's just a nice thing. But realistically, it's people's lives and like careers and like huge things on the line that mm. I think people need to be a bit more realistic about in when they consider these types of issues. But anyway. If I can bring it back to the community level. Absolutely. In my own sporting life, Squash. there was no corporations or big money involved. It's just me wanting to win. And uh, that desire to win 
can sometimes blur the lines in mm. call mm. it gamesmanship if you like mm. and I'm guilty of that because I had a fierce desire to win. Mm. Why why did you have such a fierce desire to win? Well, but just a personality thing. I you know, that's what drove me. Mm. My skills weren't as good as the people I was playing against. So you bring other factors into play. (laughs) You know? The psychological warfare. I know. And the unfair thing, the thing I feel guilty about, is making life difficult for the umpire. All right? Mm. So, you know, for instance, in the game of squash, it's polite to call your double bounces. Ball's only allowed to bounce once. But it's really hard to tell. Sometimes you're just getting your racket under the ball and it's up. Sometimes you just don't quite get there and it's down. And it's hard for the umpires upstairs to notice. Mm. So the polite thing to do is to call it out as, no, not up, not up. And see, one of my tactics was, all game, I would be Mr. Nice Guy. I'd call my balls down and, and you know, as loudly as I could and smile at the umpire. And, you know, they're thinking, this guy's great, you know. But when lovely the, person. But when the game gets tight at the end and you're desperate for a point, maybe not call those ones. Oh. And so you've set it up so the umpire thinks, oh, this guy's really honest. Oh. So you get some points that you really need at that stage. This mm. is much more premeditated than See, I that's was where it blurs. Yeah. Sporting etiquette versus winning. Yeah. It's Interesting. tough. It is. It, it is tough. I think it's an upstream battle. In what way? Well, just there's so much on the line these days. Mm. Well, like you were saying, Em. Anyway, we've been talking for a while, so we'll get... Let me do one more quick example. Oh, Tour de France is on. Here we go. In cycling, it's in the spirit of the game not to attack when a rival has a mechanical issue or something like that. Yes, yeah, so... The... But it happens sometimes. Yeah. I have a question about that as well. Is it also like an etiquette thing that on the last leg, like going into the last stage, whoever's got the yellow yeah. jersey yeah. is, the is yeah. you know, the, yes. the so winner? Yes. So there's no rule... So there's, but it, technically, someone could push for the yellow jersey coming into Paris. Yeah, technically, but they don't. It's in, it's within no. the laws of the sport to do so, but it's not within the spirit of the sport. Well, that's the thing. So, as someone who is not a cycling person, like I can appreciate it, but I, don't, I really don't understand like the culture around it. If that, how ground like huge Ooh. would that be if someone did that? They would be a pariah forever they would amongst be, their peers. They would be. Which is why uh, you wouldn't do it. Excommunicated. Yeah, yeah. Do you think would it? Act, yeah. Would it? Do you think it would set a precedent that yeah. people would do that? Yeah. And that would be bad. Oh, they, oh they, yeah. they would be mired. Anyway, yeah. let's jump That's to it. a break. Let's jump to a break. <laughs> After the break, I've got some trivia if you want to do it. Ooh. Oh, absolutely. I've got uh, a song. I've got three songs, so it might get you to choose which one you want to do. Okay. Great. Fantastic. to the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, screening the very best documentaries from South by Southwest, Sundance, Tribeca, as well as the best local Melbourne and Australian documentaries. Online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 30th of July. For more information, head to mdff.org.au and cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter.
get your copy of 3CR's magnificent book. It's a stunning history of the people, programs and issues at the station since 1976. On sale now for the amazing price of just $20. Pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order. Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. On sale now for $20. We haven't done any trivia for a while. Would you like a couple of uh, interesting ones? Absolutely. Take it away. I'll get the Jeopardy music. So the cricket, the Ashes we'd been talking about was at the uh, Lords Cricket Ground. Mm -hmm. Why is it called Lords? All right, let me put on some thinking music. Think, think, think. Here we go. Why is the home of cricket called Lords, do you reckon, Em? May I... um Gander a guess. Yeah. I assume this is not multiple choice. That's what I want to do. No, it's a... Um, Has it got something to do, I am assuming, with the type of people who used to play there, as in the House of Lords? No. Okay. Well, that was my guess. Good guess, though. So it's not a home of the bourgeois. The bourgeois? No. Something very simple. Oh. Uh, The ground was established by a man called Thomas Lord. Oh. So So it was his cricket ground. What a great name. To have? Yeah, Thomas Lord. To the home of cricket. So, so, his <laughs> so last it's Lords with an apostrophe S. Lords. So his last name was Lords. Yeah. No, he Lord. Was, he, he was not a Lord. No, he wasn't. No. Wow, that's great. Good He's probably you. a rich guy because he owned a lot of land there in, in London. Yeah. But still. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what about a cricket uh, a, a, a cycling one? How many? Cadell Evans won the Tour de France a few mm. years ago. Yes, yes. Uh, the only Australian to do it so far. Um how many stage wins over his career at the Tour de France did Cadell Evans have? I'm not going to put the music on this time. Many, many years he was in the Tour de France. How many times did he actually win a stage? I've got an inkling at an answer. What do you think, Em? Oh, my goodness. I, I don't even – this is not even an educated guess. I'm going to say, like, 20? I think it was one. Oh. Uh, James is closest. They actually said it on the coverage that he only won a stage once. But I did a bit of research. I think he won a stage twice. Oh. Uh, in the year he won it, 2011, he, he won stage four. Yeah, it, was, it was probably a mountain stage. But in 2007, I think he won an intermediate time trial. Interesting. But even so, he was obviously so consistent, he ended up being the overall winner. He came second twice. You in, don't in have to win the battle to win the war. No, yeah. that's right. Okay. Learnings from today. Fantastic. Great, 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 great trivia question. Great, great so there's a lot going on at the moment. There's, uh, as we've said, cricket and cycling and Wimbledon. Um, so I've got three songs to play. Mm-hmm. We've only got time for one. What would you like, a cricket song or a uh, Tour de France song or a, uh, or a Wimbledon song? Shall we keep it on theme and go cricket today. Okay, I was hoping you'd say that. Great. So this is uh, a song that was, uh, you'd know it by a 10cc song, but it's not, this version is not 10cc. This version is by a band called Six and Out, which was five Australian cricketers. Uh, Brett Lee and Shane Lee, who I think both played at the highest level, uh, and a few New South Wales guys, Richard Chi Kui, Brad McNamara, and Gavin Robertson. Gavin Robertson might have played tests, he was a spinner. Brett Lee was in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brett Lee had an incredible uh, career in India yeah, as a singer. Yeah, he, had, he, he did too. He I a, forgot yeah. about he that. He had a Bollywood hit. He did, yeah. I've got that on there, but we can't play that today. No. Okay. All right. So, and is, so wait, is, right. There, is there trivia about this song? Or is no, this no, no, just, no, uh, just something to play. Just uh, are we, are we signing song. out? Do we need to say goodbye? Uh, we'll do that during the song. Okay. okay. 
the street Concentrating on truck and ride I heard a dark voice beside of me And I looked round in a state of fright I saw four faces, one man A brother from the gutter They looked me up and down a bit And turned to each other Just in the last uh, minute or so, we've got some thank yous. Radiothon finished a few days ago, but uh, and we would like to thank everybody who donated to 3CR to keep us going. Um, a few a few people in particular who donated and mentioned the sporting record. I'll quickly run through them. First names only: Michael from Torrensville in uh, South Australia, and uh, Matt from Torquay. Thanks very much for a very uh, generous donation. Who else? Catherine from Elstonwick. Uh, another generous donation Uh, John from Clifton Hill a very generous donation and many others that we mentioned in the other weeks but they're four that uh, I've just discovered Uh, mentioned the sporting record they must be avid listeners thank you amazing thank you very very much thank you so much we love you all and you're helping to keep Radio Radical which is a wonderful thing big friends of friends of the show now Yes. So this has been the Sporting Record. This is John, M, and James. You can listen to us many ways. The 3CR website, various podcast platforms. You know the deal. Community Radio Plus app. It's all good. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week. And play fair. you